United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. Steve Veal does such an amazing job for United Soccer Coaches, always staying behind the curtain, but always accessible and always so courteous as he heads up awards working with John Mayer. And Steve Veal is personally responsible for this entire podcast as we definitely highlight award winners at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Yes, it was different this year. Yes, it's digital, but it has been outstanding. He said, I'll tell you who you need to talk to. You need to talk to Neil Hall, who won the Mike Berticelli Award. And if you get a chance, you need to talk to Mike Barr, who won the Charlotte Moran Long-Term Service Youth Award. And while you're at it, we love the foundation for United Soccer Coaches. You should talk to Brian Green, who won the William Holloman Award for his service to the foundation. And I'll tell you what, Dean, why don't you end with somebody who... One of our awards is named after Robbie Robinson and the Robbie Robinson Long-Term Service to High School Award. Robbie Robinson. We talked to all four of these fine people who were recognized on Wednesday night at the United Soccer Coaches Awards Banquet. And you'll hear all of their interviews after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Back in early November, United Soccer Coaches announced that Neil Hall has been selected for the Mike Berticelli Excellence in Coaching Education Award. He officially was presented the award at last night's award ceremony as part of the United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention. The Mike Berticelli Excellence in Coaching Education Award is named after the former United Soccer Coaches Director of Coaching and Vice President of Education. The award is presented each year in memory of the former Notre Dame coach who passed away back in 2000 to a member of the United Soccer Coaches Academy staff in recognition of positive contributions to the game of soccer and excellence in educating coaches. Neil Hall is a United Soccer Coaches National Academy staff and National Goalkeeping Academy staff coach in addition to being the state director of Texas and a 30 under 30 program mentor. Since taking over as state director of Texas, he has educated nearly 7,000 coaches in his home state and nationally. He was named the 2010 Associate Staff Coach of the Year, was the 2016 Regional Youth Coach of the Year, and a four-time State Coach of the Year. He has been a regular presenter at the annual United Soccer Coaches Convention, as well as the Texas Association of High School Coaches Convention. We'll have more on Neil's bio, but before we get to that, let's meet him. Neil, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap. Hi there, Dean. Yeah, thank you for thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's really looking forward to it. 
Yeah, you know, anytime you get a pat on the back, that's one thing. But when you get something that says you are excellent at what you do, particularly in honor of somebody who was excellent at what he did and Mike Verticelli, there's a little extra oomph in that, I would say, Neil. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of people that are uh, are up for it and that are, are at the level where we are, but I, I'm very grateful that I was chosen. He left a legacy. And uh, personally, I didn't know Mike at the time. But since being given this award, some of the uh, colleagues of mine and fellow coaches have uh, have given me stories of how they've met with how they met with him, how they've integrated with him, how they worked alongside him, and then I look back at the the list of coaches that uh, has had this award in the past, and it's just extremely humbling. It's hard to be humble with something like it, to be honest with you, because it's it anything I think that's judged through your peers it, is tough. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the movie Cool Runnings, but you see these movies and you see things come out there and you've got John Candy sitting in front of the team and the team's going out there and saying, you know, I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow. What if we don't win the gold medal? What if we don't do this? What if we don't do that? And he's a comedian, but he turns back and he says, if you weren't good enough before the medal, you're never going to be good enough after it. <laughs> yeah, the, me the medal is for everybody else to see. The, the, that's the product. The process is for you to reflect upon. And I think it just, yeah, it's it's a tough one because I think we all look towards getting honours possibly, but getting them is different from looking towards them. And then when you see the peers that are gone, like Anson's picked up this one, a bunch of others have picked up this, and it's like, am I really a poor little English kid coming over here and doing all this stuff? Am I really in those circles? So it's a bit, it's it's humbling. I'm glad you mentioned stories because make no mistake, when you're a member of the United Soccer Coaches National Academy staff, you hear a lot of stories over perhaps a few adult beverages and great amount of laughter, right, Neil? Special memories for you, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that we're going to be missing out on this year is the fact that we can network and we can connect. I say network, I think it's just uh, coming back on old friendships and rebuilding them each year that we come around and I'll agree. There's a lot said in the uh, in the halls and a lot said at the clinics, but there's even more said in the bars and the pubs at night as as it flows up. Well, long before you get there, though, you are learning from inspirational people. I know you might forget somebody, Neil, but as you think about some people that have helped you along the way to help you receive this prestigious award, who are some names you definitely want to get out there and get on this podcast? I think I have to lead with the the one name that that supports the whole of my journey, and that would be my father. Uh, he passed away a few years ago now, but uh, he's very proud of the achievements that we we made together, and very proud of uh, the direction we went. And I think if he was he was here now, he'd he'd be um, probably very drunk. But uh, leading outside of that, I have uh, a lot of people. And Ian's been big within my environment. Before that, there was Jeff. Jeff Tipping came came along for a long time through. Doug's been big. Uh, I've got a lot of people around here that that I reflect upon and lean back upon. Um, for example, called Alan Ewing from the Georgia area. He's he's always been strong. I mean, you said in the the introduction, there's quite a lot of coaches there that we've supported and educated through the system, and now some of them are in quite quite high and strong positions. And I think. Uh, I'm trying to think who said it, but you, you never lose. You either win or you learn. And I think whenever we talk to, to coaches or we connect with coaches, 
we're taking something from them. Uh, just even listening to the president's meeting tonight, he was or the, just recently in the last couple of days, he was uh, talking through about stealing from coaches. But yeah, I think there's a lot of mentors and mentees out there and we will benefit from that. I like that. You either win or you learn. And you've spent a lot of time in education. You hold the United Soccer Coaches Premier, Advanced National Goalkeeping, National Youth Diplomas, along with various FA badges. So you've always understood the importance of advancing your education in the soccer world. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's the study. It's a science and it's becoming a science to a lot of people now. And there's a lot of qualifications out there from all different bodies self-learning is huge now as well and, and i think we have to to reflect upon that and we have to take it in we keep we keep preaching out to all our players in the modern world at grassroots levels and above you know don't, don't just stick to soccer go and play basketball go and play baseball go and learn other sports and ideas from other sports and when you're ready specialize and maybe that is around the 15 16 year old age group but I really believe that's not a message we should be sending players necessarily. It's a message we should be sending coaches. And I think if our coaches, as they start to learn and understand how our youth of today learns, they'll gain a lot from actually coaching through different platforms, not just sticking to soccer, but learning to coach through basketball, learning to coach through different ideas. And as I mean, one of America's greatest coaches ever said, John Wooden, you know, when you're through learning, you're through. And um, we've got to keep keep strong and keep forward and keep moving with it. So great to be joined by Neil Hall. We told you about several of his accolades and so many great roots in Texas. He's got more. Neil's also the director of player development for Players Academy of Soccer Skills, known as PASS, in San Antonio, and a professor in coaching education in the Department of Kinesiology at the University of Texas, San Antonio. Additionally, Neil has worked with the UTSA women's soccer team as a performance and sport psychology coach since 2017. Neil, you've got the floor. Tell us a little bit about PASS, and then after that, tell us a little bit about your extended role at UTSA. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, the academy, the Players Academy of Soccer Skills, um, we have a, a little bit of a mantra. We call it the, the unseen hours. And it's um, a technical training academy that supports the growth technique and cognitive development of players. We find yeah, wherever you are, you're going to find a void. And if, if it's left as a void, someone will fill it. And through here in San Antonio and throughout the U.S., we saw that coaches are spending a lot of time on the tactics and they're, they're demanding and asking for their players to be at the technical level. And some are. Uh, but some aren't. So we thought, well, there's a resource for them. And then as we're growing through that, it was more of a cognitive base as well. And having them sort of own and learn their own game and being responsible for their actions through their game. And through, like I say, we call the unseen hours, they now start to develop themselves in environments, um, believing that, you know, we talk about communication, the environment is a huge communicator that if we can set that right environment and make it one of, and we can call it fun or we can call it enjoyment, then we can grow these players through. And we've been going now for 20 years. Uh, we've put players in various levels uh, throughout our time, some into the professional level, some have decided to go through the leadership area of West Point and places like this. And it's just been a fantastic journey. And the coaches that uh, I, I coach alongside have been, fan, have been wonderful. It's not just 
the ones that have been successful. It's the ones that just keep growing. And we, we take coaches in on through mentorship programs to, to make them better, to then try and place them back out into the clubs so that we can have an influence within the clubs as well. Then it becomes a bigger, wider spread. And I think people ask, you know, how, how do you measure success? And you know, ask me in 10 or 15 years. Well, since it's been going for 20 years, I now have six coaches that started with me as eight-year-old players that are now coaching alongside us. So, you know, I think that's, that's a value that we can offer back to the soccer environment, the soccer community around us. You're hearing the wisdom and dare I say the eloquence of this year's recipient of the Mike Berticelli Excellence in Coaching Education Award, Neil Hall. Neil, pleasure spending time with you and you've had this distinguished career. I always like to ask people to pick out one or two top moments in your soccer career. I know that's not easy when you've had as many as you, but if, uh, you were forced to give me your top two moments in the game. Can you come up with them, Neil? Wow, that's that's a big moment. I mean, as as a player, um, I wasn't the greatest soccer player out there, but but I was surrounded by great teammates, and I think that's what helped me along the way. It supported the journey. It supported my knowledge. It supported the ability to be a team player. Coming out of that environment, I mean, my background was very much military based uh, with the Army Physical Training Corps. And working through there. And I think playing alongside those kind of teammates grew exponentially my humility for people. And then I think if I'm to, to figure out what a success is, I don't think I can tell you because I don't think I've reached it yet. Mm, I like that answer. Uh, finally, Neil, as uh, you know, this year you'll be receiving your award or you received it last night as part of the digital convention virtually. So obviously when you get this award, it'd been awesome for you to walk up on the stage, but we're definitely in a different time, right? Uh, in so many levels, too many to, to, to handle just one show. But from where you sit, knowing that you're dealing with uh, young college athletes and knowing your work with PASS, what have you learned from these young players about getting through adversity and or along those lines? What is your message to all of us as we try to get through this pandemic and social injustice and a really rough political climate and move to brighter days? Adversity. I mean, well, characters develop through adversity. And I think that we have to look upon that and have the ability to take the values becoming virtues of the character of the youth of today. I think we have to dismiss the personality-based areas that come through the social media or the perceptions of that and start looking deeper into the player and believing in that player and having trust in that player. Uh, I mean, often when people do not conform you know, to our expectations, we kind of we estrange them or we label them or we blame them. And I think we've got to learn as teachers and educators to be able to understand them and learn to empathize through the player and take them on their journey and not force them through control onto ours. And I think if we can guide and discover and allow them to reflect, then that can support that journey. And I think that can grow today's future player. COVID has been tough, um, tough for soccer, tough for playing, but you know, I think we're, I can't say it, but I think we're on the far side of it. And I think we're growing through it. We're seeing professional games going, college games going, high school games going. And we just got to be sensible and and be the best person that we can be in, in a safe environment, really. 
So well said. Big time honor that you received. And I will say an honor for me to spend some time with you. Really enjoyed it, Neil. Hope you did. Congratulations on winning this prestigious award. Thank you very much, Dean. And thank you to everybody uh, out there that's supported the journey. I mean, there's many and there's vast. And uh, like I said in the, in the beginning, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are worthy, but I'm very grateful that I was selected for this year. Thank you very much. Yeah, so well said and feel your passion as you say it. Neil Hall, back with more United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. The Charlotte Moran Award, recognizing long-term service to United Soccer Coaches and Youth Soccer, is presented annually to a person who has raised youth soccer to new heights through his or her long-term dedication to the game. The award is named in memory of the late, great Charlotte Moran, who served youth soccer for more than 30 years, including as executive director of the Eastern Pennsylvania Youth Soccer Association and a member of the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. For this year, I put a heavy emphasis on Charlotte and the Eastern Pennsylvania Youth Soccer Association. Why? Well, their very own Mike Barr, the technical director at Eastern Pennsylvania Youth Soccer, was awarded this year's Charlotte Moran Youth Long-Term Service Award. Mike previously served as Eastern Pennsylvania Youth Soccer's director of coaching for 27 years. And Mike joins me now. Mike, thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Happy to be on. Mike, it's one thing to be recognized. It's another thing to be recognized in the honor of someone that you hold in such high regard. Can you walk us through that? Yeah. Um, when I first met Charlotte, uh, just one of the most friendly women I ever met. And you seem to know everybody, kids, coaches. Um, and she kind of took me under her wing, got me to be a part-time director of coaching. And uh, I, I felt indebted to her all the time. So if she were to tell me, I want you coaching this team, that team, or whatever, I always did. And she was instrumental in my career taking off with the U.S. soccer coaching education, coaching regional teams, my success coaching high school. So I'm indebted to her forever. So walk us through, when you get the call that you get this prestigious elite award, how did that make you feel in your core? I was a bit emotional. Um, you know, I was around when she was dying and she was such a strong woman. She's suffering from pancreatic cancer, but showed up at work every day. I, I'm kind of happy that this award's named after her and I'm a recipient. Little known fact, you know, I broke into U.S. soccer in the late 80s. And really, when you think about the leaders of Eastern Pennsylvania, they were kind of like the U.S. soccer mafia in a good way, in the sense that Richard Groff and Charlotte were really key, you know, puppeteers of big time U.S. national team games. I mean, they made it happen, right? You were probably aware of that. Well, even before that, Betty D'Angelo. Of course. Was running Region 1, and then she became the general manager of Washington. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I love Betty and Charlotte. I remember those days like they were yesterday. I can still picture Richard. So everybody had to be happy for you, right? Yeah, I've been getting a lot of positive comments. 
All right. Well, let's talk about your path. Uh, remind everybody, did you play in college? Did you coach in college? How did you end up uh, getting this job? You were a long time. It's kind of a long story. I didn't play soccer until I was 15. I'm the oldest of 11 kids. Uh, I lived in Maine until sixth grade, so I never even saw a soccer ball until I was 14. Uh, I weighed 140 pounds as a sophomore, so I decided to play soccer. And uh, I was athletic enough that I could just jump in and play. My skills were kind of crap. But uh, in, in those times, there wasn't a lot of technical skill being emphasized. Uh, I was captain. I got to be captain. I played at Millersville University under Bud Woolley, who was a, I played for that Westchester State National Champions in 1962 or something like that. So I had a good coach then. Um, but I, I would just tell if someone to say, how, how would I rate my playing? I, I'm, I was just an average player but I think I worked myself to become a really good coach. The other thing is um, when I first started teaching, uh, I was teaching in the Wilmington Public Schools and uh, they had uh, no soccer at all, it was predominantly black. It was before the time of desegregation to show you how old I was. So I never really got a chance to coach high school until after desegregation, I ended up at a high school called William Penn and I had a lot of success there and gained some notoriety. You don't have to play to be a great coach. You're proof of that. And you've had a long run and continue now as the technical director for this association. But along the way, there had to be some key mentors. And, you know, we already talked about Charlotte and Richard, but how about some other key mentors that helped you become a better coach? There's two other individuals who uh, lived in my township, Wallingford, Pennsylvania. One was Bob Urban, instrumental in getting girls soccer started at the high school level in Pennsylvania. And a friend of mine, Chris Jones, who was one of the first A-licensed coaches, uh, he was a teacher at Strathaven, where I eventually ended up coaching. And he encouraged me to get my B, to get my A. And I don't think if I had those two guys pushing me, I probably wouldn't have jumped into getting an A-license. Now, this one's going to be tough because you've had a lot of incredible moments in the soccer game. But, and this might be your number one, I'm not sure. But as you think about your top one or two moments in the game, what comes to mind, Mike Barr? This is a little strange. Uh, I think my first state championship as a high school coach at Strathaven, and only because the superintendent who hired me after I had a decent first year, he was at a Christmas party and he mentioned to his friends that Mike Barr can't win the big game. Mm -hmm. So that following year, I won the state championship and I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> I like that. I like the fire that uh, you're still bringing today. And uh, obviously you get to work now with young coaches, knowing what you went through, particularly somebody, as you admitted, didn't play soccer. And you see these young coaches, these young whippersnappers, as we like to call them, coming up the path. Uh, how do you try to help them, Mike? I think they sometimes lose the, uh, the objective of having fun. Um, we're so built around winning. I find it disturbing that it starts going down in ages seven and eight now that the emphasis is on winning or coaches are getting paid because they're winning games. Um, I'll be coaching a U10 team this spring and we'll bring the parents together and say, listen, don't expect a lot of wins, but you'll see your kids develop. It's hard for Americans to take that, but that's the way it should be. Oh, I love that message indeed. And obviously a strange time. I'm in Kansas City as the host for the digital convention. You will be recognized Wednesday night. I look forward to that as the host, along with Dr. Ray Sieplik, who's from not too far away from you as well. Obviously, 
We'll be able to show a picture, I believe, of you with the award. It's different, but still, people will know that you won this. What does it mean to be recognized Wednesday night as part of the digital virtual convention? Well, uh, my children have mentioned how proud they are of me. And it's kind of unique because one of my best friends, um, Lou Atkinson, received this award a couple years ago. So it's special in the sense that I'm in the same category as him, who I look up to. Oh, that is well said. At the end of the day, I feel like United Soccer Coaches, they do such a great job educating, making sure they share ideas, making sure that we're learning every day, but they also spend a lot of time making sure people like you get recognized for tremendous work and service to the game. What has the association meant to you, Mike Barr? First of all, it's a, it's a great way to meet other coaches and just be in contact with other coaches. Um, I was lucky enough uh, to have Jeff Tipping as a good friend, and uh, he told me he wanted me to, to write the uh, National High School Coaches uh, Certificate for the NSCIA back then, so I, I did that. Tip was always a good guy about doing things like this, but he asked me, and I, I felt, yeah, I got to do it. Mike Barr receiving the Charlotte Moran Long-Term Service Award to Youth Soccer, a special award indeed thanks for joining us on the united soccer coaches podcast presented by team snap congratulations sir thanks again when we come back another award winner this coming from the u.s soccer foundation brian green on the united soccer coaches podcast after this break college coaches make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 college services program while the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated we are committed to providing benefits for college services members year-round the college services program supports and promotes the college game including rankings and awards for participating programs regardless of when your season is played for more information or to register your program visit unitedsoccercoaches.org college Several weeks ago, United Soccer Coaches Foundation announced that Brian Green has been selected for the foundation's William Holloman Award for meritorious service. Green will be honored today, in fact, as part of the United Soccer Coaches Foundation during the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention. Established in 2018, the award recognizes an individual or organization that embodies the mission and vision of United Soccer Coaches Foundation, has paid it forward through the donation of time and our monetary gifts, and has gone above and beyond to help grow the foundation's philanthropic works. The award was renamed in 2020 as the William Holloman Award for Meritorious service. Brian Green is our winner and Brian Green joins me now. Brian, great to be with you. Oh, thank you for having me. Listen, I was able to see Bill Holloman up close during my time at U.S. Soccer and during the World Cup time. Anything named after him is a big deal. To have my name on an award associated with him and with him being the previous winner, <laughs> you know, I told him at the meetings, I'm like, I, you know, it's, it's very humbling. You know, like Mike Curry was another uh, was the first award winner to be mentioned with those with those uh, two guys. Uh, it's um, it's quite an honor. And, you know, um, I got to tell you, uh, the guy, these these gentlemen, you know, that serve with me on the foundation, um, you know, they're they're the forefathers of this organization and all of them, you know, do tremendous work, including all the people in the national office. So I, like I said, it's very humbling to receive an award. I, I do what I do out of uh, love for what I do and love for the organization. 
Well, I love your story because you're an Ohioan. I'm also from Ohio. You've been a member since 1996. You're the head boys soccer coach at Beachwood High School in Beachwood, Ohio. You've been a coach at Beachwood since 89. Your team has been awarded the United Soccer Coaches Team Academic Award every year since its inception. So clearly you recognize the importance of academics and teaching soccer. We're there to, to, to really help these kids mature and become better athletes. And, um, you know, my, my role there is, is just to be a, a good role model and uh, to teach them values, especially now with what's going on, you know, with this, the pandemic and everything else for us to have a season this past year and to be able to work with these kids and give them an outlet, you know, and someplace to go give them boundaries and discipline. Um, you know, I have kids come back and, and, they're, they tell me how much they miss soccer, not even for the soccer, but because of the camaraderie and the discipline that they received, you know, while they were part of my program. And, you know, some of them, it's funny, are clients of mine now. It's, you know, I see them, in, I see them uh, um, at soccer games or when I'm on the sidelines at youth games. And, you know, some of them have not aged as quite as well as they wanted to maybe, you know, and I'm like, how'd you catch up to me? You know, like we're the same age now. <laughs> And uh, so to, to have these guys become from go from student athletes to become peers and friends is um, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing. And it's that's the rewarding part about being a coach. Well, it's also rewarding what you've done for the foundation. You joined the United Soccer Coaches Foundation Committee as investment chair in 2009, a position that you still hold today. You've also been a member of the association's finance committee since 2010. So I often talk about putting your money where your mouth is. Really, there's multiple entendres as it relates to your association with the foundation. But the foundation does such great work, Brian. You're able to witness it firsthand. Well, I'll tell you if, you know, for the few people that, um, that may actually be interested to listen to my interview, um, <laughs> I, I would reach out to them and say, listen, you guys are the voices of the organization. We need the stories. Um, like just last year, we helped a coach who, um, who was uh, um, physically challenged and needed a handicap accessible equipment for his van. And he's been, he's still a coach, you know, his handicap doesn't stop him from coaching. And um, he needed some extra help, and we were able to help him as an organization. But we wouldn't know about these things if it weren't for other coaches letting us know. So um, every person that's part of this organization, whether you're helping, physically helping and doing a job, or you're just letting us know of people doing good things out there that need help, whether they need, um, whether they need money or training or equipment, whatever it might be, because that's what the foundation is about. It's about giving back to coaches, you know, and um, we're here to, to help the coaches coach. You know, that's our mission. Well, and Brian, during this pandemic where coaches have been furloughed and people have lost their jobs and it's been really difficult. I did an interview, of course, a, a while ago with Mike Curry about the notion of helping those people. United Soccer Coaches, they are ready with open arms, right? Yeah. I mean, we're... I don't know how many to date, but you know we didn't want to lose membership because of this. So we have allocated uh, foundation resources to providing people with memberships if the you know if they were going to drop their membership because of you know financial hardship. We don't want to lose members. Well, you know even if even if we have to uh, 
you know, dip into our, uh, our endowment resources, you know, we want people to value their membership and we want, we don't want to lose members for financial uh, hardship. So we've actually, um, you know, we had a program that started this year and, you know, we're basically, our hardest thing is promoting it to the coaches. So they know that it's there. You know, if you've been furloughed, if you lost your job or you've been suspended temporarily, your season's been, you know, it's, we don't want you to stop being a member. We don't want you to stop learning. We don't want you to stop participating. And so, you know, we've allocated resources for that in order so that doesn't happen. Finally, as you reflect on United Soccer Coaches and then, of course, your affiliation with United Soccer Coaches Foundation who give you this prestigious award, what has the association meant to you and what does it continue to mean to you? That's a great question because... So my coach, my, my high school coach um, with, at Beachwood, so Beachwood, the, the school I coach at was my alma mater. So I was a player there from 85 to 89. I went to, um, or 81 to 85. I was in college from 85 to 89. And when I graduated college, I came back and became my coach's assistant coach. And he's the one that introduced me to the national organization at the time, the NSCAA. And um, he brought me to my first convention in Baltimore and um, introduced me to the other coaches that he knew. And, and that's what started it for me. And um, I've been to every convention since that year, you know, and with other coaches that are my age, you know, we go every year, it's like a pilgrimage, you know, now that we, we started it before we had families and children and, you know, like now it becomes cumbersome, you know, because of life happens, but, you know, we all still make it and we all meet up once a year, you know, um, cause we come from all over now and it's, um, you know, the fraternity associated with the men and women in the organization, it's tremendous. And the networking, helping our student athletes because through the networking as coaches move around and become college coaches and, and networking, it's, it's um, the organization's tremendous. And, uh, you know, it's what, what you put into it's what you get out. You know, hopefully, you know, I want to see more of the members utilizing their memberships. Well said. One more for you, Brian, as Brian Green, that's the name that will be on the Foundation's William Holloman Award for Meritorious Service. That's your name. What are some other key names within United Soccer Coaches that have helped you along the way? Al Albert was my coach um, at the Maccabi Games as an adult. Um, and But I met Al in Argentina at a tournament. And he was just going to, it was right before he started serving as president. And he said he needed some people with financial backgrounds to help out with the organization. And that's how I got involved. So he asked me to help out and I was more than happy to help him. He's a tremendous individual. Al's, you know, he's president. He's president of the foundation for a number of years, responsible for growing the, the foundation endowment with donations. And um, I mean, he, He's, uh, the, he is the organization, as far as I'm concerned, because of all that he's done. Um, but uh, he got me involved and introduced me to other people, guys like Mike Curry, Hank Steinbrecher. I mean, where would a guy like me meet Hank Steinbrecher? You know, Hank's bigger than life, you know, uh, or, or uh, Tony Tachico or any of these other, you know, giants of our organization. And you bump into them in the elevator and, you know, they look down at your name tag and they're like, hey, Brian, how you doing? You know? And it really, it's an incredible thing. I, I, there's a funny story about, I don't know if it was two or three years ago when Pelé was invited, I think it was from Philadelphia and he was doing something at the foundation and I'm walking, texting on my phone 
um, because I was running late and I'm walking this meeting and I bump right into somebody. I look up and it's polite. I mean, where, where does that happen? Yeah, no, I mean, soccer has been my life. It's given my life uh, boundaries and foundation and discipline. And um, the organization is just one of the pillars of, uh, of soccer in my life with, you know, because it, it aids my coaching and, you know, it's just a chance for me to give back too. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's probably in these times, probably the most important thing that we can do as, uh, as members of society. So well said, Brian Green, and so well-deserved to get this special meritorious award from the United Soccer Coaches Foundation. Thanks for all you have done and all you will continue to do for the association. Thank you, Brian, and congratulations. Thanks, Dean. So we've met three award winners that have been honored this week as part of the digital convention. One of the awards is named after Robbie Robinson. That's for the long-term service to high school. Robbie Robinson, the Robbie Robinson, joins me when we return. High school coaches are presented unique challenges both on and off the field of play. The United Soccer Coaches High School Diploma, now delivered in an all-online format, supplies coaches with the knowledge needed to perform the distinctive role high school coaches play in the development of young players. This updated diploma takes a look at the ongoing duties of the high school coach and how to better prepare them for the responsibilities given to them in that position. For more information or to register, go to unitedsoccercoaches.org education. The Robert W. Robinson Award, recognizing long-term service to United Soccer Coaches and Interscholastic Soccer, is named for the Philadelphia area high school coach who touched virtually every aspect of the association. A member of the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame, Robinson is a past president of the organization and received its prestigious honor award in 1999. Each year, United Soccer Coaches presents this award to a person who has raised interscholastic soccer to new heights through his or her long-term dedication to the game. The Robert W. Robinson Long-Term Service Award is supported by the American Youth Soccer Organization, AYSO, an organization dedicated to providing world-class youth soccer programs that enrich children's lives. And Robbie Robinson joins me now on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Robbie, great to be with you. All right, thank you, thank you. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and, and an honor to be here, yeah. Well, I had Reed Weeks on a couple of weeks ago and he is this year's recipient of the Robert W. Robinson High School Long-Term Service Award. Robbie, listen, I don't know how you can put into words having an award named after yourself. That is even greater than getting the award, I think. That had to be just awesome for you and continues to be fantastic for you. It, uh, it, it is. It, it, it's, it is overwhelming. Uh, it's, um, yeah, I get emotional. Yeah, it, it, uh, it was a wonderful thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we, uh, us uh, high school in particular, co coaches were just doing it just to help the kids and, you know, and fell in love with the game and wanted to teach it. That's all. There's always this debate about high school soccer. You know, both my kids were basketball players, but they played high school soccer. They loved it, the camaraderie. I remember my son was a freak athlete. So one minute he's scoring goals, next minute the goalkeeper gets hurt and he goes in there and he talks more about playing soccer than the fact he averaged 30 points a game in basketball. It really does mean something, Robbie. That's good for him. <laughs> That's good. I, I mean, yeah, I, in, in high school, I, I played uh, th three sports, but it wasn't soccer. There, there wasn't any soccer at Lomer in high school when I was there. And, and, and 
you know, uh, excuse me, not at Lower Merion at Interbury High School, but uh, so, so I ran track, played foot, American football and, and uh, played basketball. So, and I, I didn't uh, get into soccer until later. Well, so glad you did. You know, when you think about the convention this year, it's a little different. We're going to get into that. But, you know, 80 years now of the association, Dr. Ray Sieplik's done a great job all week giving history lessons. But, you know, our math is a little fuzzy, but we think right around 25 years ago, you actually were the president of the association. So the idea of getting you on this week to reflect how the association and the convention has changed would be worthwhile. Obviously, Robbie, I'd like to see you and give you a hug and everything, but you know, COVID <laughs> has changed the game. But 25 years ago, you're president, you've got this honor award, this high school award named after you. Clearly this association means a lot to you. Oh, definitely to, to both myself and, and to Kate, my, my wife. Yeah, it, it does. We, you know, been to the convention every year and some of our kids have been there along the way too. I actually, Amy, our daughter, Amy was there at last year's convention. So. It's, uh, it's just been a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing for us, the, the, the convention itself. You know, I just followed in the footsteps of John McKean. I don't know if you remember that name or not, uh, but John, uh, he's, uh, he's one of those early ones that uh, took me under his wing and, you know, taught me a lot. So I'm a meeting planner then, you know. Yeah. Well, your involvement hasn't stopped because now you're the current chair of the Red Aprons Group. One of my favorite parts of being live at the convention, always so visible and important to the association at the convention every year. But obviously, without an in-person event, it's not something we're going to see this week. The Red Aprons, I saw them on a Zoom this week, actually, just the other night, Robbie. That was pretty nice. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're, we're getting... Uh, well, again, tomorrow night, I guess, the Red Aprons, and we'll do it again Friday night to have our little, uh, uh, you know, comments and, and jokes and, and so on, you know, uh, picking on each other and that kind of thing. But uh, that it's always great to, to do that. We can do it with Zoom. You know, Zoom is really helping us that way. So. Yeah, it is. It's changed the game. And you guys were so funny last night. But Robbie, just reminisce a little bit about the history of the Red Apron Group and their role with the event, because unfortunately, we got some young whippersnappers listening to the podcast that may not know what the Red Aprons mean, Robbie. That's true. Well, um, I, it goes back a ways and I, I couldn't pick the, but Schmidt, uh, a lot of uh, our, you know, our colleagues will remember Irv Schmidt. Um, he was uh, at the beginning of it, and um, they uh, they they had a group that were for doing the work that the Red Aprons do now. But there were only two or three or four of them. Um, and th at this one convention, they found this pile of red apron, you know, in a pile just left behind by maybe the previous convention, you know. And um, they were Russian, actually it had Russian writing on them, you know. And and uh, they just grabbed them. And put them on because they were doing heavy work. They were moved, They were the guys that were moving the boxes in then, and you know, unloading the stuff. So they that they just put them on, and that that's how it became the Red Apron All from right. a, a freebie, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and those are the kind of stories I love. I mean, absolutely yeah, yeah. love them, and obviously love that you you guys have opened your arms to me as well. What about your time as convention manager, Robbie? Before United Soccer Coaches had a national office staff and the evolution of the board run association to a full-time professional staff in Kansas city, you were getting things done long before Lynn Burling manual and uh, all of these talented people were around. 
Well, yeah, we we had uh, well we had the executive committees all along, you know, and I, I, I obviously I got got to be on that, and then uh, it was just a matter of um, finding the sites. That was a great uh, perk, you know, being one of the ones that uh, would go around the country and say, well, you know, let's let's look at it, let's look at Austin, let's look at uh, Baltimore, and so that 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 was a fun part of it, you know, but uh, you know that uh, it was part of the job all of a sudden that kind of thing. Well, reflect on some of the cities and venues that uh, you've had success. You know, Steve Veal, who I've got mad respect for. I love that guy. It was reminding oh, yeah. me that, yeah, that you and Jeff and, and Ray Seaplake were talking about some things in Nashville and Charlotte, places that you actually outgrew. Well, yeah, that, that, that was one of our problems as we went along. You know, we had, we, we had to make sure we found uh, places that were big enough to, to handle it. I mean, we, at the beginning, we weren't in convention centers. I was looking at that the other day when it came up. Uh, you know, we, we, we were just uh, doing it in, in um, hotels. Uh, you know, at the beginning, it was just a convention held in, in a hotel. And then all of a sudden, we realized that, wow, we need some more space. So we, we started picking up on the convention centers, Baltimore, Philadelphia, and so on. So that, and that made a difference. The exhibits grew, you know, through those years. How the exhibits grew. They were just, they were small at the beginning. Uh, then all of a sudden it's blew up into, you know, all kinds of uh, people wanted to uh, exhibit and sell. As you think about all that you've done, and again, it's worth mentioning again that he's got this high school service award named after him, which is just incredible, Robbie. I'm so proud of you. And, and I know everybody that has received it is so proud of you as well. What are some other history lessons you want? Uh, I'll use that word again, the youngsters out there that um, need to know about uh, the association. What are some history notes you want to give us, Robbie? I mean, it's a great game. Uh, and so if they're, if they're out there playing, they, they uh, just have to keep at it uh, and get, you know, get as good as they can get. And, and actually, I'll take it a step further. It's actually a game you can play lifetime almost, you know, you just, you can keep, you don't have to be in the school to play it. You don't have to be at college to play it. Be playing for the Philadelphia Union, you know, you can still be playing the game. And we see that. And in fact, I think there's kind of an uptick with the number of kids and groups playing soccer. Um, We'll, we'll, Kate and I will go to, we go to union games and, and before the games, you would see kids just uh, starting up their own games outside, you know, outside the, the stadium and on, on the fields, you know, uh, and, and that you see that all the time now. Yeah. Long cry from, uh, far cry from uh, when, you know, we were first doing that way, way back when my kids were little. Robbie, this podcast we are on Thursday, that means last night we had the big awards banquet where we normally see you up on the stage giving the Robbie Robinson Award Please tell me that you will be watching um, or will have watched, I guess, proper tense, the uh, awards gala. Uh, obviously, we'd rather have you on stage, but tell me that you and your wife will be watching. Yes, we will. We will be watching it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. And then to, just to end, I'm going to let you just fill in the blank because I think it's important for people to know, and particularly someone who has touched the association in so many ways. If someone were to ask you, the United Soccer Coaches Formerly NSCAA means what to Robbie Robinson? Friendship, education, it's just a beautiful game. I got to admit, seeing you guys last night on that red apron Zoom and, and, and actually seeing your wives as well interact and their smiles, it, 
there's some love there, right? It means oh, a lot yeah. too. Def definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we had to play, some of us had to play each other anymore, the uh, love would be there, but yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, there, there's, we have, uh, we have a very good time every convention year. Yeah, every uh, convention. Yeah. I was rolling, Robbie. You made me feel better about the fact that my Buckeyes were getting hammered. I was enjoying listening <laughs> to you guys. Robbie Robinson, thanks for all you've done for the game, for the high school game, and for the association. And thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast during a busy time during the digital convention. Robbie, great to see you. Great to hear you. Great to share the airwaves with you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. It was a pleasure, a pleasure to, and, and an honor to be part of this. And uh, I look forward to seeing it. And, Looking, look forward to the rest of the evenings as we go through to Friday. All right, that's going to do it. Nice to have Robbie Robinson cap the show. The man is a legend. He's got an award named after him. I want to thank all of our guests. I also want to thank Sean Chevrolet and Mike Knipper. Mike Knipper's leaving the association. I'm going to miss him. He's done an amazing job as the communications director, but he's moving on, so we'll be working with Bailey. And we also continue to thank Colin Thrash for putting the final production together. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.